Welcome to Clean Break, the divorce podcast. Hosts Darren Javak and Tina Murray share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all of the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. So good morning, Darren. Who do we have lined up for the show? Good morning, Tina. Uh, so this, uh, this morning we've got Marg Egan. And uh, Marg is part of uh, McCade Duff LLP. She's an accountant, uh, a CA, a CPA, and a CIM, I think. So there's lots of lots of letters beside your name. That's right. So that's great. And you're also a partner at that firm. You've been there for 32 years. She's been with the firm. And uh, she's from Ottawa South. And she has her Bachelor's of Administration at, uh, from Brock University. She's a member of the board of the... Sorry, help me out with that one. Dementia Society of I, Ottawa and Renfrew County. Beautiful. Awesome. And you've been part of that for 15 years. I have. That's great. Yeah, close That's to great. my heart. Okay, Margo, thanks for joining us today. Thank Welcome. you very much. Glad to be here. Welcome okay. to Clean Break. Thank you. So, Darren's pretty well summarized a little bit, a lot about yourself, but do you have anything else mm-hmm. you'd like to add? Like, it looks like you've been an accounting accountant for a long time. I have and... been an accountant for a long time, and uh, it's really interesting when I first started out my education and I thought about accounting I thought it had a lot more to do with numbers but realized that it has a lot to do with people and that's the great part of it all and uh, every day is different so that's what keeps me interested. You you wrote a little note here and it says I uh, in the early days of my education I thought accounting was like solving a puzzle. Absolutely. So absolutely. Tell us a little about that about that because I'm sure it still is solving puzzles. Still very true. Depending on the situation, people may not know how to deal with something, and uh, so they seek out my advice to help them solve the puzzle that they have, and it can be anything from tax related to accounting related issues to um, dealing with divorce issues and that's where I really embrace the opportunity to help those people mm-hmm. and accounting is it, it's 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 an ever-changing business you know Absolutely. like especially it's never static right like so you're always educating yourself you're always learning more about about the 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 laws, right? That's absolutely true. Change is constant, what be it accounting and um, audit matters, or especially these days, it seems that corporate tax, personal taxes, the rules are changing annually, mm-hmm. and we have to be able to <clears throat> be aware of all those changes so we can advise our clients yeah. to the best for them. Yeah, I, I always, I, I've always been an advocate for for. Uh, sending people to the right professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And and even for myself in my own life, because I mean, when I was young, I used to try to do everything myself, right? So you get underneath the sink and you try to change that pipe and then the pipe leaks and makes a big puddle of water all over your kitchen floor and then your spouse says, why didn't you get a plumber? Exactly. <laughs> so, Very you know, I think, I think you got to learn those things the hard way, That's but right. I, know, um, I know in the accounting field, Field. Um, that's something I don't try to venture into. I like to know some high-level uh, accounting for my own financial practice, but um, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, I love the fact that we have a resource like accounts like yourself to refer to because so many people that I speak to that do it themselves think they're saving money, mm-hmm. and in the end, there's so many things that they miss, you know? So. That's so true, and that's where um, we really want to. It's a value add to be able to uh, not only 
work with someone to prepare their personal tax returns, but also to advise them on different areas that they might not be aware of or that they haven't thought of quite the same way that we do, that is going to, if not currently in the long term, save them tax dollars and help them achieve the goals that they have set for themselves. I mean, we all need to pay taxes, but why pay more than you have to, right? Exactly. That's all within the theory. confines of the law and, yeah. and what your what CRA will allow, That's but right. why not take advantage of all of those um, allowable benefits? And that is wise tax planning. Woohoo! Yes. Right? Smart. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the government's not in the business of trying to save you tax dollars. That's the big thing, you know? No. Like when you look at the government, uh, I get it. We all have to pay our fair share. But at the end of the day, the government is is there to extract whatever dollars that they can from people for taxes, right? So. That's right. In my experience, uh, Canada Revenue Agency will seek out situations where the taxpayer has not paid enough tax, but they're not going to let you know if you've overpaid in an area when you didn't need to. So that's where our assistant comes in is mm. to say, okay, well, you this would have been... Uh, in your favor had it been done this way. Mm -hmm. So let's work together to make that happen. And they've gotten a lot more aggressive in the last probably yeah. 10 years. Eh? Like they've hired a lot of, you know, people to go after people for taxes and, you know, not, not doing anything. Absolutely. And it's uh, everyday taxpayers that it's affecting. Mm -hmm. It's not just big business. Right. And people get nervous when they get a call from Canada Revenue Agency or a letter, and that's an interesting thought too. On my way home last night, I had a call from who was said to be Canada Revenue Agency, and Canada Revenue Agency doesn't communicate by phone. They usually send letters, and it was a scam. Mm. So wow. I hung up right away. Did your heart like start racing, or because you're an accountant, you understood that whole? That's right. Because I'm in the field yeah. and I know how aggressive the scam artists are, I realized that it was a scam. I never have provided my cell phone number to Canada Revenue Agency, so how would they find me mm. that right. way? Yeah, so I didn't get anxious about it. But it's understandable that someone who gets a call like that and is advised that they're going to be charged and yeah. horrible things will happen to them, yeah. mm -hmm. that they get nervous. So it, it, what is your best advice then for people in that situation? Like, what what would you say? Because, I, you know, I can see and you hear a lot about the you know elderly people, it happening to elderly people. And then they go ahead and they withdraw money out or they do what they're told. Or they use gift cards. The, the I, Western like, Union go or... Get a, go and get a, like, a whatever type of gift card. Shoppers, drug mart, Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Like, uh, logically, it makes sense to, that that's a scam. But people that maybe are marginalized in one way or the other, may not understand that. Yeah. For those people, I would recommend that if they don't work with an accountant, uh, call Canada Revenue Agency and ask them if there is anything outstanding on their file. Mm. And if they do work with an accountant, call the accountant right. to find out. And we can check, usually very quickly, to make sure that there's nothing that is out of order. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's overwhelming. And I, and I, you know, uh, confession time here, man. Sure, yeah. Holy cow. I um, I'm very bad at filing taxes. I do file them, and yeah. I am current. Just so you know. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but I am not great at, and, and you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, it overwhelms me. Because I am self-employed, and I don't want to make a mistake, I'm a little bit immobilized with fear. Mm -hmm. Because what if, you know, what if I had forgotten a receipt and it would have made a difference? Right. Or what if I what if I, I I file for an expense that I believe is is a legitimate expense and it's wrong. So I just I'm immobilized with fear. And so I don't do it. And to be honest, like I know, like, don't look at me. Don't judge me, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. No, I know. I, know. I am completely I, up I, I to totally date, people. But, um, but so so like, I, you know, I've had the letters you know, mm -hmm. I've had that where, you know, if you don't file your income tax, you're going to jail. <laughs> no. So uh, we're actually know. doing this podcast in jail right now. <laughs> 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 well, actually was arrested uh, thank, yesterday and we couldn't get her out in time. Thank goodness so. my husband works in a jail. <laughs> I get an extra pudding today. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, but uh, you know, so I can see it. Like I just literally talking about that. I feel upset to my stomach I'm nauseous it overwhelms me it really does and so I think that really speaks to using a, a good accountant right that's right and we can help um, diffuse that situation and those feelings by saying that's don't worry we're here and we'll help guide you if you have questions about expenses we've got resources and materials to provide you with if you're inclined to read about it and then summarize your information for us or ask us questions along the way. That's certainly what we want to do because feeling that way is not productive and that's not, no way to live a day. Right. So that's how we can help. And I guess, I guess the bottom line is you can always make adjustments to previous tax returns, right? Absolutely. And if you make an error... You're not going to go to jail. No, <laughs> definitely not. If I, definitely thank not. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. No, it, uh, tax planning is a long way from tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big difference there. And if there's a receipt that you claimed that you shouldn't have and Canada Revenue Agency asks you about it, they would disallow it. Mm, they, right. And you would have the tax to pay on that. But no, they wouldn't send you to jail for that. Phew. Thank you. Good to know. <laughs> I can sleep well tonight. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, divorce and um, how you can help clients that are, you know, in, in the process of a divorce, maybe early stages. Um, you must see all kinds of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And divorce is such an emotionally challenging experience that I try to approach the situation with those that come to see me about it in a calmer fashion to help them feel comfortable that their world isn't coming to an end, that they know someone is there to help guide them through the financial process of it and to talk to them about some of the things that they can expect from an accountant and how the process of divorce works tax-wise and to help them get ready to deal with their lawyer and other professionals along the way and have information gathered 
so that when they get to the lawyer's office, they'll have that information that the lawyers will ask for. So it's not as much of an unknown for them. I think knowledge is power and being aware and prepared goes a long way to help keeping emotions uh, from reaching their peak. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you said something um, previously in, in another time about um, um, coming to see you guys or an accountant prior to seeing a divorce lawyer. And, and to me, it just, it, that it, like, I never thought of that. Like I would have thought most people probably go, okay, I'm separated. I got to go see my lawyer. Absolutely. And, and you're suggesting that it might be a better perspective for them to see an accountant or so, a professional on the financial side. Mm -hmm. And the reason I suggested that is that we know that the lawyers will ask for standard information. And if we can be of assistance to help the individual get that organized before they go to see their lawyer, it will make the process a bit more efficient for them. I don't know if a, uh, a lawyer, the thought of going to see a lawyer, if that's more unsettling than going to see an accountant, right up there with going to see the dentist, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, we don't want that to be the case. And if we can help through that exercise and divorce cases vary, everyone is different for the individual. And I think the biggest thing is if, especially if there is a complex set of assets in the family prior to um, the divorce, talking to a financial professional about it helps the individual understand what the different options are. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make it sound like those decisions are made at the beginning of the process, but being aware of what can happen if there's a family business involved that can add additional complexity to a divorce mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. and in the equalization of assets which tends to happen at the very end you work with uh, uh business evaluators too right that's correct right so there's someone uh is he is, is he in your office he is okay. rick evans rick right yes so rick does business evaluations that's right he does okay. and so rick has a wealth of experience in valuing businesses in the situation of divorce, separation and divorce. Mm -hmm. And that is important to have evaluation done of the family business or the business that shares are owned in a private of a private company during the process. And it's really the date of separation. That's the key date for that. Right. Right. Yeah. The date of separation is the key date for almost all the information to be gathered. Right. Yeah. And how does that, so is there any like tips that you can give listeners maybe about, um, I don't know, like how, how, how Revenue Canada might view the relationship that they had prior. So they were, so you're married and, and now you're separated or you're, or you're divorced. Maybe it's not finalized yet, but so how does, um, uh, Revenue Canada look at, at the situation? Like, do they care or like, is there some tax breaks that you have to take into consideration, you know, like after you've separated? Uh, or anything like that, because there's so many pieces, right, to it? Absolutely, there right. are. There are. And there's no need to notify Canada Revenue Agency that you are separated or divorced in advance of filing a tax return. 
unless you need to change your address. And that's something that can be done by calling CRA to update your address so that information that you receive goes to the proper. What about like for place. child care benefits and those types of things? And thank you very much. Oh. That's a great point. And yes, if you're receiving child care benefits okay. and any other benefits that needs to, you don't want that going to the wrong place. So you, you would notify them in advance. Does that, if you're going through a divorce, um, let's just say, um, you know, June, because you've already filed your 2017 taxes and it's June, um, and your, your child care benefits are set based on your family income mm -hmm. uh, for that next year. D the divorce now is obviously a financial impact, but your child care benefits are based on the previous years. So if you were to notify them of the change in your marital status in June, mm -hmm. does it change the previous year's child care benefits that you're receiving in that year? It does not. Okay. As you mentioned, Tina, the benefits are based on the previous taxation year. Right. So the impact would not be seen until the following year. Okay. After the 2018 18. taxes are filed. Right. That's right. Um, so going forward beyond updating your address, with respect to Canada Revenue Agency, in the situation where there is separation, there can be tax savings for the case where there are children involved mm -hmm. and uh, being able to claim uh, what used to be called an equivalent to married amount. Right. A so, or what was that? Uh, dependent. Dependent. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that's a saving as well. But again, that doesn't happen until the year, the return filed after the year of separation. And that's a savings. And it's, it can be a confusing area because the separation agreement that deals with custody of children and the tax impact of reporting the, any benefits for the children, child care expenses, mm. um, what the custody arrangement is for the children, that can influence how the benefits are calculated on an individual's tax return. Hmm. So. so I have a question. Um, so <clears throat> this, this question comes up quite a bit, I hear people asking about spousal support and child support, right? So from a tax perspective, uh, spousal support is taxable in whose hands? In the recipient's hands. Okay. And it's a deduction to the payer. To the payer, right. And so, and then the and child support is deductible to whom? Child support is not deductible, okay. nor is it taxable. Okay, yeah. there you go. So, so it's, it's only paid. spousal. Okay, so it's paid for by the payor. It's after-tax dollars, so they can't write it off or pass it off to the <coughs> other person who's getting it, right? That's so it's correct. Just, it's out of their pocket. Right? That's out of their pocket. Right, That's right, right, right. Excellent. That's a good point. And the rationale behind that is that those payments are made would have been made if the family unit remained. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, right? Because so, if they were still together... That money would have been spent. Correct. Right. right. Yeah, Correct. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, one of the things um, is important, I think, is budgeting, right? So you, you talk about that as well, how budgeting is important. But you say budgeting is important prior to separation. Very true. Very true. I mean, I think, and, and again, we talked a little bit about this in, you know, other sessions and other podcasts, but... Um, 
a lot of marriages break down because of finances, right? So a lot of times people are not budgeting Mm -hmm. and they've got themselves into trouble. They've got themselves into trouble, which has caused marital problems, which now they're getting a divorce. So it sounds simple enough. Know your budget. Right. But if they're not budgeting prior, they're like, Uh, it's a vicious cycle, really. It is a vicious cycle. And even before budgeting, I think one uh, piece of advice that I would share is that in a marriage, know, have some knowledge about the finances. Oftentimes, one spouse leaves it to the other spouse to take care of everything. And I think being aware, while it might create some heated discussions, it also creates awareness. So if you have the opportunity once every uh, month to sit down with your spouse and go through the family finances and just be aware, that's going to help tremendously. But at the stage of considering separation and divorce, the awareness of what it costs to run a home, what it costs to keep cars on the road, all of those extra events, if there's private school involved, if there are significant extracurricular activities for children, knowing those expenses and having an idea of what that's going to cost. And then also comparing against that, what income would be to cover those expenses. In my experience, I've seen situations where uh, marriage has broken down and families have lived very well. And after the breakdown, there's money's just not the same for those activities. And it can create emotional hardship. So an ounce of prevention, I guess, is the thought to be aware and plan for it. You uh, brought up a really good point, actually, when you were doing your presentation to the group. <clears throat> you were talking a little bit about how, how clients should um, get their own bank accounts mm-hmm. yes. and their own credit cards. Yes. Right? So tell, tell everybody a little bit more about that. Certainly. So uh, I think in perhaps earlier generations, there was more emphasis on uh, having a family bank account or a joint bank account. And one spouse, oftentimes the woman, wouldn't necessarily have her own bank account and definitely not a credit card. That's changed over the years, but it's still so important to have your own credit standing and have a bank account that's your own so that you're established. Uh, Two income families have changed so much in terms of um, being independent that having your own details there perhaps is standard. But for those people that don't, it's a very, very important thing to, uh, if you're contemplating separation, to have that in place before anything happens so that you're not scrambling to open that account and apply for that credit card after. Right, right. And and the other thing, too, is what I've, I've heard. I just I was just dealing with this a case like this about a week ago where, you know, there was a couple of joint accounts that, that the spouses had together, and then one spouse moved out, 
they were they were separated, and then one of the spouses just started emptying all the accounts out, mm-hmm. right, and and leaving the other one destitute because yes. she didn't have any other accounts except for those two, but the spouse that moved out li- liquidated everything. So now this this client came in and she was she was distraught, you know, about the fact that where am I going? How am I going to survive? Right, definitely. So, yeah. Excellent point, and that's something that speaks to emotion. Yes. To that, mm-hmm. the fact that the joint account would be. Yeah. It's like a betrayal, almost. You know? Almost. And um, another uh, comparison to that is credit cards. Mm-hmm. If it's joint credit card, yeah. maybe charges on the card are uh, higher than they've ever been before mm-hmm. because it is a joint credit card. Yeah, and lines of credit, too. <laughs> lines of credit, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. How do you deal with, um, are there any um, repro- um, things you can discuss with your clients regarding pensions and stuff like that? Like, can you, when you're going, when people are going through a divorce, um, do they go to an accountant to say, uh, what do I do with my pension? Or do I have to give my pension to my partner or, you know, the house? Like, does that kind of stuff that you guys deal with? Okay, I got my house. Uh, he can have his pension. Mm-hmm. Like, are those things you can deal with during? I can certainly provide Input on that, that is part of uh, what we call the equalization process. And that happens at um, the perhaps more the final stages where the family assets are considered, those assets that were brought into the marriage and assets that were generated and saved, created during the marriage. And then there's... uh, an equalization process of determining which assets go where. The house being probably one of the most common examples. Pensions are another example of um, making sure things are equal. Is the pension part of the equation or not? It depends on each situation. So that's where the lawyers have um, perhaps the most input into advising clients on that. But as a preparation for it, we can definitely talk to people about that. Now, uh, our one of our producers here is throwing questions at us to ask you. So uh, <laughs> uh, can divorce expenses be deducted? Divorce expenses cannot be deducted. Uh, well, okay. I'm not divorcing, so that's good. <laughs> but I'll add as well that If there are challenges in uh, receiving support payments, taxable support payments, those legal fees can be deducted against income. Okay. But the initial process itself, no. Those are not tax deductible. Like moving expenses and whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't really apply. Well, depending on the situation, moving expenses are tax deductible, but... There are conditions surrounding that if you're moving more than 40 kilometers for employment. I was going to say, if it's then you the can, job, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Then you can claim them. But if it's uh, so many situations that I've heard of in the recent past is that families are, uh, while separating, each spouse might maintain a home in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So that kids can continue to go to the same school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't impact them tremendously. So in that situation, moving expenses wouldn't be right. eligible to be claimed. 
Do you do you ever find any uh, issues with? So let's say, when you're when you're helping a couple, let's say for their for their accounting needs, right? So you're filing filing their taxes, and then they get divorced. Do you ever? Um, will you continue to work with both spouses, or will you refer one of them to someone else? I make sure that each spouse knows that um, they're both still clients, and if they are not comfortable with that, then they can. Uh, I can recommend them to another partner in the firm, right. or they can um, stay with me. Okay, that's good. We talked. We've talked about this, and I think all of us probably at, in this room, you know, know that when we have clients coming into our offices that are going through separations or divorces, we tend to not only do the financial aspects, but we do a little bit of marriage counseling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. You find that a lot as well? It, it's natural, and it's human nature to see people that are going through such emotional trials mm -hmm. to be able to, to want to help them out as best we can. So, What's the biggest piece of advice you would give to somebody coming into your office that's emotionally distraught, financially mm -hmm. wrought, whatever? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what would you say to them? Uh, don't be nervous. <laughs> Just, we can talk about what your issues are and what's most pressing, what you need to be able to provide to a lawyer and work through all of that. Mm -hmm. No judgment on any part of what we do applies and we look at it as a situation where we want to help the individual. Right. You know, you hear a lot about the financial aspect. I think I, I, probably half of the people in DivorceNet are have some type of a, a financial slant. Yes. You know, and I think that's one of the things that I, I really enjoy about the group is the fact that it's a team. It's like a team effort, right? And um, so when clients come in and, and you know, they, just, they start working with a lawyer, obviously that's one piece of the whole puzzle, right? But... Um, the real value of divorce, and I think, is having everybody kind of working together and knowing one another, right? right. So um, having that network of people to be able to rely on and know how they're going to react to the client is also a good indicator because you can introduce people right. to people that they're going to work with based on, on their personality, right? And I like that. That's why there's – because we have quite a few people as part of the group. So mm -hmm. it makes it um, uh, uh, a, nice, a nice mix to be able to refer to. Right? Oh, I think it's fabulous that there is a group that has so many different areas of professional focus and can really help guide the individual going through the process mm -hmm. to things that they would need to consider that they may not have even thought of. Right. Uh, even to the example of having uh, someone to help them fix up their home if it needs to be put up for sale. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are things we don't think of at the time, mm -hmm. but it's important. Mm -hmm. So it's really a wonderful resource for those that need it to be able to uh, look at the website and see all of the people that are involved and know that we're connected with each other and are able to help recommend other people to them for their needs. And I think we've both heard, or at least Darren and I have heard of from different people, like, wow, where was DivorceNet when I was going through yeah. a divorce? Or, man, I wish I had known about this resource. Absolutely. You know, so mm -hmm. the more the more people we can get connected as far as knowing, you know, how how important using an accounting, 
accountant or an accounting firm is mm -hmm. in the process of a divorce or separation mm -hmm. is invaluable, really. Very, very much so. And unfortunately, divorce rates, is it yeah, it's 50%? 50%, well, 48%, depending on mm -hmm. what province. Unfortunately. Yeah. But um, if it is the case that those are the numbers, then we're, as a group, ready to respond to people. Yeah, that absolutely. Are going through that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's a bit of a negative connotation, too. Like, and I, I know I had this conversation with somebody the other day, and they said, does it, does it make you nervous about promoting yourself to people who are going through divorce, right? Do you... Do you do you, do you feel like, you know, you're in, in a way that you're taking advantage in somehow, right? And I'm like, I, I, I don't see that at all. I mm -hmm. see it. There's like a vacuum up there of people trying to find the right knowledge in a timely way, right? And, and I think as a group, I don't think we're trying to uh, benefit from people's misery. We're trying to help them get through it as quickly right. as possible, right? Because the faster they get on with it and get through it in a, in a timely way and in a knowledgeable way, in a confident way, they can get started with their life again. Absolutely. Know? Get on with it, you know? Absolutely. I've um, known of different situations over the years where uh, at the onset, lawyers are, um, people connect with lawyers and then things aren't working out, so they switch lawyers mm -hmm. and uh, it drags up the process. Yeah. It becomes tremendously costly yeah. and just delays that person's recovery time yeah so much yeah and I, and I think I think from someone like yourself as like you're an accountant but you're also preparing right so I think the more prepared someone is before they seek a lawyer because obviously the lawyer is a, a crucial part of the process, no right? Doubt. Of getting the right the right advice, right? Yes. But dealing with a team of people prior to can save people so much time and money. Mm -hmm. You know, an accountant is a huge piece of that, I think, because just knowing their numbers, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and and it seems we keep hearing this budget theme, right? Yeah. You know, Andre was in here a little while ago and we were talking to him about, you know, debt and, and dealing with debt. And one of his main things he was talking about was budgeting. Know your budget. Know your numbers. You know. And then you came in and you said budgeting, <laughs> and it's true, right? It's. I think it's. An, it's something that sometimes people neglect, mm -hmm. uh, not purposely, just because they're busy, right? But it's. It's such a huge indi indicator in being prepared to get through something. It can. It has a stigma of being um, one of the less positive things to do in right. many respects. Well, budget means I can't spend. Well, I don't quite look at it that way. I right. see budgeting as more, well, let's get a picture of what you're spending. Right. right. And yeah. see and what? if that's sustainable. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't spend, but just knowing what you're spending on, that's probably more how I view budgeting and to try and promote it to people that way because budget, mwah. It's, it, it is. People True. go, Ugh, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, oh, yeah. I don't want to know where I sit, sit mm -hmm. financially, but it's mm -hmm. so important to know where yeah. you sit financially. And so many people these days, it seems, use a debit card or credit card for just about all their purchases, oh. which <laughs> actually makes... Exactly. Budgeting hard. Oh, well, I think it's easier oh. because all the information's right there. See, I think the debit card is the death of the budget because mm. it's, so, it's easy. so easy. Tap, oh, tap, 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 tap mm. right? Or Apple Pay. My son, 
forgot his license. He forgot his wallet. He switched mm -hmm. vehicles, forgot his wallet, had a cell phone, got to where he needed to go, needed to get directions someplace, and went into a Starbucks. Okay. Went to the Starbucks because he knew he could get Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. I need a coffee. I got to drive. Don't have my wallet. Apple Pay. Tap his cell phone. Doesn't yeah. even know he just friggin debit card anymore and and so when i when i worked in a bank um i used to see people like you know their 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 charges for their debit machine it was like 20 30 40 dollars a month so you know we try to put them on a on a package or whatever but i'm mm -hmm. like this is what you need to do because you're overspending aside yeah. from that is you need to get a budget and then take that money in cash now people it's it's painless mm -hmm. you're right mm -hmm. yeah that's a it's very, very true. I was looking at it from the point of view that if it's credit or debit, there's a record of all but of your spending. But nobody looks at it. Well, and that's where <laughs> so, it so, all falls down. Yeah, right. So good, true story. Uh, there is a bank out there. I'm not going to promote any one of them, but there's there's a bank out there that has an app that tracks your spending. It's I think I think the app is called My Spend. So every time you tap the card, right. you get a little thing on your phone that says you just spent this much money at Starbucks or McDonald's or whatever. And then the cool thing, though, is it gives you a graph of how you're spending compared to the previous month. Oh. And if you're overspending in certain categories, oh. it'll tell you you're overspending, which I think is brilliant because is great. See, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit careful with my, with my money. So when I start to see the graph turn red, then Sylvia starts getting more more lectures about stuff you can spend on things like t-shirts t-shirts and uh <laughs> anyway sorry i interjected I there so. no that's great yeah. and technology can make the budget process easier, easier yeah. and yeah. more visible yeah i think yeah. which again i think scares people yeah. it, uh, yes. right yeah. and and i so i i think that i think that i think we gotta go right back to our children Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm big on this is, 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 you know, we're trying to teach our kids lessons about finances so that they're not in a situation where they're 40 years old and needing to declare bankruptcy or their marriage is falling apart because they don't know how to budget. And I'm not saying that's the only reason marriages no, fall apart. No, But no. I, I don't know how many of the marriages that you see falling mm. apart are due to some stress of finances. Mm. I'm sure a good portion yeah, of that would be. Yeah, there's a good be, chunk. Right? Yeah. And so I think that that communication, talking about your money, budgeting, knowing where you stand. And I and I think it goes all the way back to childhood. Yeah, mm -hmm. it certainly can. <laughs> you know, how many people today pay their children an allowance? And that's the money that they have to spend until the next week's allowance is paid. I right? my kids get jobs. <laughs> I'm like, get a job. <laughs> so delivering papers, you know, like yeah. my 14 year old delivers papers yeah. and he pays me for his cell phone. He wanted a cell phone. And I said, you can have a cell phone if you can pay the monthly fee. Cause I'm not like, I'll help you buy it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the rules in my house is, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in a hand up, not a handout. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to help you up, then you have to be willing to stand up as yourself as well. So if you want something, I'll let you buy anything you want as long as you come up with half the money. Mm -hmm. You got to have the skin in the game. And it's, I think that's worked well for me because, you know, as parents, you kind of want to spoil your kids sometimes, right? Yeah. But again, yeah, you don't want to teach them bad lessons about yeah. money and, you know, like accountability. So I think that's kind of like a nice balance, you know? Mm -hmm. You've done similar things with yeah. your, with your yeah. kids too, right? Well, and like this year alone, we wanted to go on it. We wanted to go on a trip with our kids this year, mm -hmm. but we have some 
financial decisions my husband and I have decided to make. And so my kids don't get a winter vacation. <laughs> so <laughs> as grumpy as they are about it, they understand that when we reach these financial goals, mm-hmm. um, they will get a trip next year. And it'll probably be way better than some cheap one we were going to take this year, right? So right. they're learning that. And mm-hmm. so, again, I you know I know this really doesn't have anything to do with divorce itself, but I think that I think that there are so many people in financial situations, and like you said, usually one person comes into the fam- into, in and into your office, and only one of them knows what this financial situation That's is right. like, right? That's and right. So there's a strain on the person who's holding the weight of all that financial stress. Absolutely, I've met with couples in the past that uh, have are in financial distress, and talk to them about ways that they can improve the situation. And um, in one situation, they were able to work through it and come out of it, and their marriage was intact, right. which is a great result. Absolutely. Doesn't always work that way. Right. But, and that's the way it is, too. Mm-hmm. So having taken the time, and it's not always easy, Budgeting is not easy, but or even talking about it's not easy. There's a stigma. Stigma, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Oh, things aren't going very well. Mm-hmm. Well, head down and we'll work through it. But sometimes you need an extra set of eyes on it, or with someone with some suggestions to maybe improve some areas that you hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel really great about being able to do that with people. Mm-hmm. that I see. Yeah. Well, I see after 32 years in the business, I, it's, I, I, I would hope that you enjoy your, what you're doing, right? Absolutely. I don't know anybody would stay in a profession for 32 years and not enjoy their no. job, their no, career. In the, no, yeah. every day is different. Right. And that's what I like about it the most. Good. Yeah. Well, Mark, I want to say thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Uh, that was very insightful. I think you're a, a lovely professional to work Thanks with. Thank you very in much. Accounting. And uh, so I'd like, I'd like you to share with everyone uh, listening right now, how would they get in touch with you? How, how do they connect? Uh, the, one way you can reach me is to call me at 613-236-3180. Mm-hmm. Or you can send me an email at megan at mckayduff.com. That's great. And Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you, so you're downtown, in down, your office is downtown Ottawa, right? That's right. We're in a building on Laurier Avenue, almost at the corner of Elgin and Laurier. That's great. Thank Fantastic. You. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you both so much. Awesome. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly divorce podcast. You can find this and other great podcasts from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload weekly audio, video, and blog content.